John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. So something important in this passage is lost in the translation from the Greek to the English, and that's the words for love in the original language, the words phileo and agapao. These are different than the English word for love, which is very watered down, and we use the same word for everything we have some kind of strong feelings toward. But in the Greek, the words are different. The word for love that Jesus uses to open up the conversation is agapao, coming from the noun agape, meaning a deep, unconditional, and sacrificial love. Peter responds by using the word phileo, or a friendship involving deep affections. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, that's what phileo means. These two words are very different. And the agape love Jesus spoke about is the love God has for his creation and has made available to us through the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So Jesus asked Peter twice if he agapaos him. And Peter responds twice with, yes, Lord, I phileo you. Peter doesn't have that love of God poured out into his heart at this moment, but Jesus then asks Peter a third time and uses the same word Peter uses. Peter, do you phileo me? As if to say, Peter, be honest with me. Do you really have this brotherly love for me? Because three times Peter denied Jesus, and three times Jesus asked Peter if he loves him. And Peter, James, and John were three of the apostles that appear to be leaders among the twelve as well as the disciples. And throughout the Gospels in several places, these three appear with the Lord without the other nine. And Peter had his issues, one of them being that he would say things to the Lord and get rebuked for them. And I'm sure the other disciples had correction from the Lord during his earthly ministry, but Peter gets a lot of bad press for his mouth. And another thing Peter struggled with was something very familiar to many of us. He often leaned on his own understanding to get things done. And combined with his impulsive personality, He had a few bad moments in the scriptures. And one of them was in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, when Jesus told the disciples they would fall away from him this night. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. In the same chapter, Jesus is arrested, and Peter takes action. Verse 26, verse 51, And behold, one of those who were with Jesus, and that's Peter, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. So that didn't work. And Jesus gets arrested and taken off to Jerusalem. And in verse 56, It says, but all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. And this included Peter. But Peter, to his credit, did go to Jerusalem to be near Jesus and found himself among those who recognized him. In Luke chapter 22, verse 56, it says, then a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him said, this man was also with him, but he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. 
And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you're also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man was with him, for he too is a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So Peter, along with Judas, betrayed Jesus. And Judas realized what he did was evil, and he hanged himself, and Peter wept bitterly, and he left. So, after the resurrection, women came to the tomb and found it empty. And an angel said to them, in Mark 16, verse 7, But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So the angel knew Peter was feeling pretty lousy about himself at this point, and he made a point to include Peter by name. Why? Because Jesus felt sorry for him? No, because Jesus had chosen Peter for a great task involving the kingdom of God and knew that before Peter would be ready for this task, he had to come to a place where he recognized how pathetic he was when he was in his own strength. When he said, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And what's the next thing that happened? They all denied him. So Peter demonstrates his inability to discern the plan of God and fight the spiritual battles in his own strength. Now, to his credit, he did try to take off the guy's head with a sword, but kind of missed. He got his ear, though. But was that part of Jesus' plan? No. And to prove it, Jesus heals the guy's ear, undoing what Peter had done in his misguided attempt to be righteous. Does any of this sound familiar in your life? This is the problem with the human condition. We are fallen creatures with limited minds and abilities trying to live in a world that presents a multitude of scenarios consistently that we must navigate through. And as many of us have been taught by our parents how to take care of ourselves, we have to rely on our own understanding to do that. And that is why many times we fail so miserably in our relationship with God. We're not trusting in Him, rather ourselves, to figure out the plan of God, when that plan may be so bizarre that we can't even begin to understand how to make it come to be. But God knows. And trusting in the Lord and leaning not on our own understanding produces godliness, righteousness, and reveals the power of God in our lives that is obviously not our own power. That's why God chooses the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. So it becomes obvious to those around us that there's some other power or force in our lives that guides us. Now we know what it is, it's the Holy Spirit, but they don't know until we tell them or until they figure it out. That's part of being a good witness. Let them see the power, then inquire about it, rather than proclaim it, but not really trusting in it like Peter did. And the beauty of the story of Peter is what happens after he was restored. The Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples in Acts chapter 2, and the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to each one of them to empower them to do the work God had prepared for them to do. They were endowed with the same power we have available to us. And in the time of Peter, great signs and wonders were part of God's plan to amaze the people so they would be forced to attribute it to a divine work of God. Look what Peter said later on when people saw him pull up a lame man at the temple who was instantly healed in Acts 3.12. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? And why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? It's a different Peter. He traded in his sword for the power of the Holy Spirit. He relied on God, not his own understanding. 
He began to love unconditionally and sacrificially after being equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. And why was the Holy Spirit given in the time of Peter? Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The gift of the Holy Spirit gave them the power to become witnesses in Jerusalem, where they currently were, in all Judea, the land of their fathers, Samaria, Gentile territory, and to the ends of the earth. So what's the power of the Holy Spirit for today? The same thing. Your Jerusalem, where you currently are. Your Judea, your surrounding area. Your Samaria, the place where you are afraid to venture into. And to the end of the earth, wherever he sends you. You can be a witness for Jesus, but you need the power to do it. Otherwise, you're going to look foolish like Peter did when he hacked off the guy's ear, then totally denied Jesus like he swore he wouldn't do. So maybe this is your time. If you haven't already, ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Read Acts chapter 8 and 19 for reference. And if someone tells you the Holy Spirit doesn't do that anymore, don't listen to them. The Holy Spirit never stops empowering people to make them a witness. You may not be equipped to do signs and wonders, because that's not what God has in store for you, but you will be able to stand tall in God's strength and be a witness for Jesus. So Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. What is your response to Jesus? Do you phileo him, or do you agapao him, love him unconditionally? Thank you.